Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Philly Sedam, your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, August the 13th. This week I'm off yet another disappointing showing from your Philadelphia Phillies last night as they have officially lost their one series against the Baltimore Orioles this season. You only got one shot at them, and they blew it, <laughs> basically. I mean, obviously... One more game today against the uh, the O's, but um, the series is lost and uh, a really disappointing loss last night, five to four. Uh, a loss where things just didn't seem to go their way. It wasn't a debacle like the night before, though. Adam Morgan, we'll get to him, uh, but things just didn't bounce their way i mean we'll, we'll dive into it but zach gafflin I, I thought actually pitched really well but there's a cheap homer a couple of uh you know little little flutter fly balls into the outfield that just found a spot andrew mccutcheon a, a rough inning um it was just a bummer of a loss and the phillies weren't able to come back in the end and uh <clears throat> it was a shame because We've talked a lot uh, about how incredibly important it is to win these types of games against teams that you're flat out better than, at least from a talent perspective, um, in such a short season. I mean, they're 5-8 and eight now. That's less than ideal. And, uh, you know, it's, again, they're 13 games into a 60-game season. I mean, they've got 47 games left. It's like in a normal season, you know, we're, we're – I was going to say uh, in the middle of August, but we are in the middle of August, but it, it, we've only got till the end of September. It's uh, There isn't much urgency from this team, it feels like, and it feels like obviously you know, losing that first game of the series is the one that, that we'll remember is the one that haunts uh, us and I'm sure will haunt them, but last night wasn't a great loss either. You know, There, there were opportunities, and uh, again, I think you know, things just didn't really bounce their way. Uh, ultimately, they lose five to four, falling to five and eight on the season. The Orioles are nine and seven. How about that? Baseball's weird, you know. Um, but ultimately, uh, the the Orioles outplayed the Phillies. Offensively, um, you know, the Phillies still getting contributions from 
really just the middle of, of the order and then the, you know, Harper and Romito and then, and then the ancillary guys, you know, again, it was a, uh, and Didi's been, been solid, but like Andrew Knapp had a, had a night, uh, you know, we'll go through it. Ultimately, uh, starting with, with Eflin, uh, I think Eflin pitched really, really well. Six innings, seven hits, four earned, 10 strikeouts, a career high with only one walk. And, Look, he looked good. I mean, obviously with the 10 strikeouts, he was throwing swing and miss stuff. And um, a few of those hits, a few of those runs, again, came on on kind of squib hits to the outfield that, that found a spot ultimately. I, I think, look, you know, Andrew McCutcheon doesn't look completely healthy. He just doesn't. Or he doesn't trust the knee the way he asked you. But he's clearly either laboring or limping a little bit out there or something. He, he doesn't have that fluidity to his motion that, that he had before the injury. And I think it's pretty apparent. I think it's clear. Um, and that's obviously a concern, you know, and look, uh, it is a major injury for someone at 31 at the time or whatever, I, I believe um, 32 now. I mean, that's a major injury, a torn ACL, especially for a baseball player. It's not like a, you know, these football players, uh, it's, it seems like they're torn ACLs every year and everyone's back quicker and quicker, but um you know, Andrew McCutcheon is 31 years old, and uh, you know you just don't heal as quickly when you get older, too. You know, that's just part of it. And uh, again, look, the 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 good thing on McCutcheon is it seems like the bat's been been waking up more. Another couple hits last night, a walk. It seems like he's been much more comfortable at the plate. So if you're looking for somewhat of a silver lining, mean, he's still batting 188 with a 256 OBP and a 211 slugging. So let's not get too carried away, but. Um, ultimately, um, he just looks like he's kind of not quite back yet, uh, physically, certainly in the outfield. And, and obviously that's a concern. Uh, ultimately Eflin again, um, the way the scoring plays out, the, the Phillies get out to an early lead on a Andrew Knapp double in the second inning and, uh, Nappy had a good night at a good night. However, uh, after that Knapp double to score Gregorius in the second, the, uh, Orioles tie it in the third on a Anthony Santander home run, and it was uh, it was about the cheapest home run you'll have ever ever see. They reviewed it. it was three thirty three right down the right field line, as short as you get in a home run at Citizens Bank Park, and uh, it, it right off the pole essentially. And uh, it was a bummer. One one then, and uh, look, the Phillies took the lead again. JT Romito singles home. A run in the third, and then Didi Gregorius a sack fly to score another. It's three to one Phillies uh, as Harper scores a run. Harper on base uh, a few times again last night, but then in the fourth, this is where it kind of just got wacky for uh, for Eflin as Eflin uh, ends up giving up two runs there again on a couple, you know, singles that were uh, and double on the one that McCutcheon was kind of just caught sleeping, but they were to shallow left field and McCutcheon just unable to get there. And, and look, I, I don't think uh, I'm not saying every left fielder could have gotten there, but I think certainly the second one was, was more catchable. And regardless, McCutcheon didn't get there quick and one turned into a double cause he was kind of not paying attention to the runner going to second, which was a rare gaffe for McCutcheon. Um, ultimately they scored two runs that inning. And then in the fifth, the, the one thing you can really kind of, if you want to put it on Eflin, uh, there was a cheap run and then the Rio Ruiz home run was a, a more 
solid shot for sure, and uh, that made it four to three, which uh, again was a shame for Eflin because Eflin pitched really well. He uh, he deserved better, a better fate, and ultimately was unable to get it. But uh, he leaves uh, after that. Uh, pitched one more inning, got through the sixth, and then uh, of course Adam Morgan. Adam Morgan comes in and uh, gives up. Luckily, only one run as Blake Parker came in, was able to get out of the inning. But pitches two-thirds of an inning, gets three hits, and allows one run. Morgan just looked very hittable. And, uh, again, that's that's been part of what's been fr- so frustrating with this bullpen and what is um, really, again, just a, a disastrous unit for a team that, that is ultimately uh, what is uh, accounted in a fair portion, really, uh, of their 5-8 and eight record. And, uh, again, I think it's something you're not going to be able to win with, ultimately, in the in the long run, so to speak, uh, or over the course of the season. So, uh, it, which is frustrating. But, look, um, uh, Adam Morgan, it, it's especially frustrating when it's Adam Morgan and Tommy Hunter who are getting shelled, like, the last couple nights because those are the guys who, and I use this loosely, you're supposed to be able to count on at least to a certain point, and uh, and clearly you can. Adam Morgan's had a bad year, and uh, you know Adam Morgan used to be the worst back when he was a starter, and we were not an Adam Morgan fan, and then and then we liked Adam Morgan again, and now it's starting to be uh, be rough again with the Adam Morgan experience. Ultimately, Blake Parker comes in and gets uh, an out, and then goes another inning. Uh, Blake Parker actually looked pretty good. The guy they just brought up, hey, he's getting out to whoever, whatever gets out. And then Ramon Rosso comes in uh, in the top of the ninth to keep it a one-run game after the Phillies uh, steal one in the uh, in the eighth. Not really steal one. They had a chance to get more. Uh, Andrew Knapp again, an RBI single scored Segura. And uh, they had two on, two out, uh, two on, one out. And uh, ultimately, Roman Quinn couldn't get the job done. But then two on, one out, and... Uh, uh, ground out. Uh, Roman uh, Rio Ruiz, the the shortstop for the Orioles, makes just an unbelievable play. Just an unbelievable, truly an unbelievable play. Uh, diving play and and basically rolls the ball on the ground to get Nap a second on the force out and uh, ended a threat. And the Phillies, the Phillies desperately needed that. They desperately needed it and. Uh, they weren't able to get it there. Rosso came in and uh, started out the ninth a little iffy with uh, a, five straight balls, essentially, but then um, ultimately uh, settled down and looked good. And, uh, you know, at least you see Rosso, a guy like Rosso pitching, he is, at least you see he can, that he has some stuff, that he has some talent that, you know, it's not the type of thing like Austin Davis or Deolis Guerra or whoever where you, you watch him pitch and there's nothing special about them in any way, shape, or form. There's no, um, you don't watch their stuff and say, oh, uh, you know, Wow, I can't believe people are hitting it. You're like, yeah, they should hit it. With Rosso, at least, you know, uh, he, at least you could see that there's talent in that arm. But ultimately, uh, again, it's just uh, there's not enough talent in this bullpen. And ultimately, the Phillies are unable to get done in the bottom of the ninth. Um, again, Bryce Harper continues to just be awesome um, as Harper. Another two for four, scores a run. He wasn't able to get it done in the ninth, but, I mean, he's got a 491 OBP right now, so it's hard to, to rip Harper. Batting 341. Uh, Harper's been great, but you know who's not been great 
is one Reese Hoskins. Hoskins last night became the first Philly since 2010. Blasted a Blanco to ground into three double plays in one game. Um, Hoskins is completely lost, just like Kingery. And, and to, to Girardi's credit, he played Gosselin in second base. He made some nice plays defensively, <clears throat> which was unexpected. But ultimately, um, Hoskins is a mess right now. And I, I look, I don't know what the answer is, but if you ask me, do I want Neil Walker in the lineup at first base or Reese Hoskins? Right now, I would say Neil Walker, and that's crazy. And also, for sure, if Reese Hoskins is going to be in the lineup, he can't be batting second. This is, uh, you can't do it anymore. It, it is, uh, he has to be moved down the lineup. He has to. Has to. I mean, it's, uh, he's killing them. He's killing them in that two all night, whether it's Hazley, Goslin, um, you know, people who are, are hitting, put them in the two old people who've been getting on base, put them in the two old, even look and, and, you know, even someone like Zaguro who hasn't been good offensively has been better than Hoskins, uh, but I wouldn't put Zaguro in the two over, even though he's, he's had success there in the past, but he's, um, he's struggling too. That, that's, you know, look, there's, it's not like I'm saying there's options. What I really think they should be doing, and I don't know if they ever have, and I know he's done some at some point, but they should be putting a first baseman's mitt on Alec Baum and saying, hey, buddy, figure this out right now. Because Alec Baum should be playing first base. Honestly, that's what should happen. That's what should happen. I mean, Reese Hoskins is a, a offensive zero right now. I know he's getting walks, so maybe he's an offensive one. Let us go one to ten. And he's he's useless. He can't be in second. And again, that goes back to the whole uh, you know intensity of Joe Girardi for the season. It doesn't feel like he's managing like it's a sixty-game season. Look, sitting Kingery last night was a start. That was good, but Girardi needs to do something to shake things up. He needs to be a little bit more. Forceful. And also, I mean, look, we could get into the bullpen decisions. And I think, look, a large portion of that blame falls on, on the front office, on the belief that they could go into this season with this group of guys and that there was any chance it would be successful. We all knew it going into the season. We talked about it. We're like, well, you know, the bullpen's going to be the issue. And, it, and, it, and it, granted, it's been the issue to a historic level. Literally. Literally. But... You know, it wasn't something that you couldn't see coming, and they deserve blame for that. But at the same time, some of the decisions Rory's made has been strange too. Like Rosso, why not? I mean, I would much rather see Ramon Rosso come to a game than De Luis Guerra. And I, I mean, I'm good on De Luis Guerra. I'm good on Austin Davis. Austin Davis wore me up in the pen last night. I, it gets me sick to my stomach. It's like no. Don't bring in Austin Davis, please. Nobody needs that. You know, there, there are just too many guys on this team like that. And, look, Blake Parker comes up, gets out. So let's see what Connor Brogdon has, you know. Show us, again, put anyone in there who is not what we've seen so far because these guys aren't getting outs. And, again, I feel for Girardi when Adam Morgan and Tommy Hunter don't get outs because, again, like, he has been put in a position where he doesn't have a choice but to trust those guys, you know. So, I mean, Hector Neris, and again, obviously Neris did not have a great night the, the other night. 
but Agdrenaris, no Zavros, you can't have no one you try. Like, you can't have no one you can put in, and uh, but that's what they have. It's 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 just a mess. It's such a frustrating, frustrating mess. And, you know, so I, I think there needs to be more urgency with the managing, uh, again, and the decisions, because Reese Hoskins can't play anymore. I'm sorry. Like, he just can't. I love the guy too. I thought he was going to be great. I, I and I, oh, I, I can't, I can't explain it. I, 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 again, this isn't like Don Brown. Well, you know, look, Don Brown was also very a top prospect, you know, very high ranked prospect. But Don Brown had like one good month in the majors, and you know, a good year for all intents and purposes. Whereas Hoskins like hit at every level of the minor leagues, and then had. Pretty much two, you know, a year and a half or more where he was really good. You know, obviously those first 34 games where he had 18 homers. 18 homers the first 30 games with that first 50-game season, he was really good. And then a full season where he's really good. And then another half a season where he was really good. And then it just, it's like overnight. It's, uh, it's mystifying. It really is mystifying. And now it seems that it's it's absolutely something that's in his head. I mean, he he was showing frustration after that second double play ground out. He just slammed his helmet, and it's not great. It's not great. I've certainly lost a lot of the faith that I had that Reese Hoskins was going to get through this. You know, I I am. I am nervous. I'm nervous, uh, and that's not great because Hoskins was supposed to be a cornerstone of this team. He was supposed to be someone you could pencil in as your cleanup better. You know, he's a he had 36 home runs a couple years ago. I, I it's just crazy, and uh, you hope that he can figure it out. But the problem is, and that's where you run into these conundrums that that. You know, you need Hoskins or Kingery to, to try and work through these things and figure it out, but you don't have the games to do that. You got 60, now you got 47 if you play them all. It's just, uh, it's a bad spot. Anyway, Phillies give back at the Orioles again tonight. Who knows what happened? They'll probably lose. It's a bummer. Maybe they win one just to, you know, take one from the Orioles. Wouldn't that be nice? A uh, game from the Orioles? Uh, quickly before we look at to the next game uh, and to to what's coming up this weekend, uh, just a quick mention. We haven't really talked about it much on the show, but it, it is pretty wild uh, the situation that's been happening with the St. Louis Cardinals as they have not played a game since July 29th. That's insane. Um, they've played five games, the Cardinals, and we were all freaking out when the Phillies missed a week. Look, even the Marlins are back and playing baseball and playing better than the Phillies with a taxi squad, which is an indictment. But that's a separate discussion. But the the Cardinal situation is, is really wild, and, and I don't know how many games they're going to play. It's, it could be less than uh, – again, if they were to start on Friday, which is what the hope is, and I think the last round of tests they had was, was clean, which is good. Um, but they, they kept getting positive tests and positive tests further and further down the line than the Marlins did, obviously. And, again, they've played five games. Think about that. The Phillies are 5-8. and eight. The Phillies have played eight more games, and the Phillies took a week off. And this has been a much longer hiatus for this team than the Marlins was. 
Um, and it's really wild too, because when the Marlins thing happened, I, I thought that if it were, and I think I said on the show that if it were the Yankees, that it would be a much bigger deal, and that maybe there'd be a bigger discussion about should we pause the season or whatever, because it felt remember as this happening, we didn't know what was going to happen. We felt like there was the chance it was going to pause the season. It felt like a real option at that point. And um, I thought that if it was the Yankees, maybe that would have been a bigger reality. But the, like the Cardinals are a marquee franchise. They're not the Marlins, you know, they're baseball town. They're the quote unquote greatest fans and all that stuff. They've, you know, they're, they're one of the, the legitimate franchises in the sport and, uh, or, you know, notable franchise in the sport, I should say. And, um, again, it, you know, it just shows the baseball's plowing forward through these situations. Baseball's saying we are playing our season. We're getting to the playoffs. We're going to, we're going to make this happen. Um, but it is crazy. And, uh, I feel for Cardinals fans, um, because I think we all remember how, crappy it felt to go that full week after getting the the tease of baseball being back after such a a long hiatus from sports and baseball was finally back and our Phillies were out there playing and even though they lost two or three to the Marlins two or three to the Marlins and now two or three to the Orioles come on boys uh they lost two or three to the Marlins it was like you know what though baseball's back this great and and then all of a sudden it's it's no baseball for a week and it was it was the worst. We all remember it. It was it was just it really sucked the air out of out of everything, you know, out of the whole excitement of baseball being back. And now, you know, that's what the Cardinals have times a bunch. The Cardinals played two more games than than, than the Phillies did at that point. The Phillies, of course, had three games after that first weekend. Cardinals played two more games. Now they haven't played since. It's a tough beat. And then, of course, when they come back, they'll have the same Marlins type issues where they'll have to play with a lot of uh, a lot of taxi squad type players or whatever. At least you would think. Um, but it's pretty crazy, and uh, it is something that uh, again, I, I think baseball is uh, you know kind of just making this up as they go along. You know, the Philly schedule has changed a ton <laughs> over uh, over the last, you know, couple of weeks as, as things have changed for different teams, as different teams have had games. So, I mean, I think about that, like, that's just, like, if the Cardinals haven't played since July 29th, all the reverberations of the Cardinals not playing, where obviously there's going to have to be a team that doesn't play at some point, but... Um, who they were going to play, then that affects who they were going to play next and a different team and a different team and all that. And, and it's trying to, you know, redo the whole schedule for a lot of those other teams. And granted, only Central for Central and all that type of stuff. But um, And then obviously all the, the cancellations we have with the Marlins and the Phillies and the Orioles and the and the Yankees and the Nationals and all that stuff then. And, and trying to get everyone to play 50 games, it's just a... Uh, it's a weird schedule now. It's a mishmash. So we're gonna we're gonna see if we can keep up as we go along. What I do know is that the Phillies play the Orioles one more time tonight, and I am not looking forward to it because it feels like the Orioles, for some reason, just have our number, just like the Marlins. They're the New Marlins. They're the AL Marlins. That's great. Uh, Four o'clock today.
So an uh, an earlier start time, which is uh, which is nice, as uh, the Phillies uh, Arietta against uh, Thomas Eshelman, the uh, former Philly farm player, of course, who uh, who soft toss and lefty shut the Phillies down in that uh, uh, summer camp game. Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully, the Phillies can get to him. Hopefully, Arietta can be what he's been. At. They need Arietta to be the stopper today. Um, so hopefully we can do it. Then after that, this weekend, we'll talk more about it tomorrow. But facing the Mets, and they get, of course, Jacob DeGrom, so they don't miss him. So it's just great. It's great. And then the Phillies actually have an off day on Monday, which will be really nice as they have been playing a lot of baseball straight. And then guess what? There's a ton more straight. So it's going to be a lot of Phillies baseball without many off days. I'm sure they'll need that Monday off day. But they need to start winning games. That's the most important thing. They are, They are coming up woefully small right now uh again losing two or three of the Marlins, losing two or three of the orioles when you only have 60 games is is tough you know that's that's the kind of stuff you can't do they need to turn around quick so we'll see uh must i i said losing two or three of the orioles they could lose all three <laughs> so win tonight that's a big one or today i should say uh, this afternoon so big big one so get it done they better uh either way I'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. Hopefully it won't be as uh, as frustrating and depressing as the last couple days. Uh, regardless, like I said, I'll be back tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And again, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.